Hi, everybody. This is Dave Hodges. I'm the host of the Common Sense Show, and we are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. We have breaking news. Yeah, we're with Paul Martin, and this is a, an earth-shattering story. I mean, this is something that I've been talking about. Uh, was happening. It is happening. Paul has confirmation. This kind of reinforces the work I've done in some of my sources. But before we get started, I need to let you know that this segment of the show is brought to you by preparewithdave.com. You don't know what lies ahead, and you need six months of storable food. You say, Dave, I can't get there. can't afford it that fast. That's fine. We have two- and four-week packets, best price in the country, best quality in the country, and you can start right now inching towards that goal. How do you do it? You go to preparewithdave.com. The convenient ordering form is, well, let's just put it this way. Everything about this company is first rate, and I'm concerned that you have the food, water, gold, guns, ammo that you need. Preparewithdave.com. And where you have food, you must have water. Can't have the food without the water. And you know your water supply is in jeopardy. We've talked about that here many times. Cancer and the water of 218 million American homes. Can you believe that? Chromium-6, Aaron Brockovich stuff. Pesticides. Lead. Pharmaceuticals. You'll be able to scavenge water during a crisis, but not unless you get a good filter. The Alexa Pure Pro is the best there is. There's a special on the already low prices. Go to waterwithdave.com. So two offers here to one, both great specials, both what you need, food and water, your one and two needs. First one is preparewithdave.com for the food, waterwithdave.com. Ladies and gentlemen, don't put this off because we are at a crossroads in American history and things could go south very, very quickly. Well, on the line with me, as I said, is Paul Martin. Paul, I'm glad you could uh, join us. And people can tell, you know, maybe I'm just a little bit under the weather and I'm uh, past bedtime here. But I got to tell you, this story is huge. Uh, Paul, I'm going to just kind of let you lay it out. I'm just going to sit back. And first of all, let me be polite and say welcome to the show. We've done this so many times, sometimes I forget my manners. And I should also mention that Paul is from revolutionradio.org. That's his site. And Paul... I'm still stunned by what you're telling me, so I'm going to be quiet and just step out of your way. Well, it's it's been a wild day. It's been a wild couple of weeks, but I think <coughs> at, at, the first thing we need to talk about is I had a associate <laughs> that's been gone for five months, and uh, he came back finally. And they have been preparing, Dave. They've been training for a bioterrorism event. Now, you and I have talked about this ad infinitum on your show of how easy a bioweapon is to fix. And before I forget it, as usual, it's late at night again, uh, that they put the, uh, the recipe for weaponized smallpox on the web. Uh, the story broke last week. But evidently, the uh, recipe has been out for almost a year. And to do an efficient uh, soup of this stuff, it costs you about maybe about 100 grand. So we've got that uh, breaking uh, this evening. Uh, it's uh, Tuesday evening here in northern Colorado. And uh, the um, I was at work and checking the news on my phone, and 
uh, lo and behold, the uh, British intelligence is worrying about a bioterror event in Britain. And so I think we're on the verge of the possibility of a bioweapon event. And it could be from anything, anywhere. I mean, we've got all these illegals now stacked up in Mexico, seven or 14,000 of them, and another 2,000 building in Honduras today. And they've all got brand new backpacks. They all look pretty healthy. There's a lot of, uh, if you've uh, uh, covered some of the stories at revolutionradio.org, I've been putting up stuff from the Daily Mail because they they've got a lot, a lot of pictures. And a lot of these people look Middle Eastern, Dave. And if you'll remember from a past uh, podcast that we did, a good friend of mine is a uh, professor at Purdue. Good friends with some IDF guys, a couple of Mossad guys, a couple of IDF, uh, Israeli Defense Force generals. And uh, this, this goes like back when I first started started talking to Tim eight or seven or eight years ago and uh, he asked me one time he said do you know where the largest bioweapons lab in the world is and I go well I don't and he said it's in Iran and he said after the Soviet Union collapsed all those scientists down there are starving to death and broke so they made a couple phone calls said hey you guys come on out we'll pay you 50000 a year and treat you like kings And so they've been cooking soups up down there for over 20 years, and uh, one of the uh, Mossad guys was telling Tim, he said, you know, you've got to know that these these bioweapons are in your country. They're sitting in a freezer somewhere, a refrigerator, just waiting to go. So now, it's probably a three-hour radio show. <laughs> We've got the deep state on the ropes. we got the Democratic Party completely, utterly destroyed, probably for no telling how long. Uh, there ain't going to be no blue wave, and and I believe that you have something on when the blue wave doesn't happen, don't you? Um, that would be putting it mildly. I um, the blue wave is no more than a chaotic series of events, and it's already started. In fact, yesterday it was reported that George Soros had a bomb found near his residence. And to that claim, I say, bravo, Sierra. And the reason I say that, Paul, is this is Georgie's Reichstag moment. He's trying to look like he's being victimized for helping poor people across the border who have no other way to survive. And it's the big, bad conservatives led by Donald Trump who are racist and want all these people to die. And they're willing to murder Soros in the defense of that action. That's where this is going. That's one. Uh, Paul, I don't even know where to start in this, except it's been signaled. Uh, Fox News today, let's stick with mainstream media for a minute. Fox News yesterday, excuse me, said they're on the field reporters at the, at the caravan, said, hell, 80% of these people are under the age of 25. Almost all of them are male. The only women and children you see are the ones they put at the front of the line for the sake of the cameras. And they also said MS-13 is part of the group. And they talked about their tattoos with the teardrops, meaning that these people have murdered someone because that's what gets you a tattoo teardrop. So you got MS-13. 
DHS, uh, both an inside source of mine, and they made a general announcement today, the same thing. They said ISIS has penetrated this group. Of course you'd expect that. So back to your comment. Uh, Gee, Dave, I I think a lot of these people look Middle Eastern. Uh, Gee, Paul, they are Middle Eastern. I'm going to point to one thing, and I'm probably going to put this in an article tomorrow. I'm still kind of debating what direction I'm going to go. But Paul, Hamas and Hezbollah, according to a Tucson police memo, in 2006 and again in 2010, had partnered up with the drug cartels. Uh, (laughs) All i got to say... This is nothing new. I wrote an article yesterday that said, this is phase one of Red Dawn. That's exactly what this is. By the way, Kathy Rubio, who is eyewitness to these paramilitary camps where they train these dissidents in places like El Salvador and Honduras and Guatemala. She's been there. She's got family members that work there. She's been ringing my phone off the hook, but we can never hook up. She's got new information. I'll be coming out with that. So, Paul, this is breaking on all fronts. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, there's no telling what in the world these young military-age men are bringing in their kind of looking brand-new backpacks across the border. Uh, But in your article today on the phase of uh, Red Dawn that we're in, uh, I've been very busy today with a an old associate, we haven't talked in a long time, but my phone is loaded with all kinds of stuff. And the main thing is that him, along with some other friends in special forces, not only in this country, but other countries, have been tracking the specific air traffic that's been flying in Colorado out of a I'm not going to say which airport. Why not? It's it's not <clears throat> it's not DFW. Oh, I know I mean, what not, I, I know what airport it is. Um, is there a reason why you don't want to disclose it? Because I, I well, what 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 we've got is these guys <clears throat> have are into this flight tracker system, and any time this bird leaves, got it. Okay, I got it. I got it. If you the disclose, ground, if you disclose the airport. Um, you'll just you'll possibly reveal their complicity in talking to us. Exactly. Okay. So, but this particular airplane, uh, and I've got a I've got screen. Uh, he's been sending me all kinds of stuff all night while I was working screenshots on this flight tracker and all this other stuff, which I've got to uh, kind of go through. <coughs> Excuse me. But this particular aircraft. Um, on the flight records, the the letters on the tail feathers are still the same, but they keep changing who they're flying for. Uh, they have flown for a um, a lot of the a, a lot of these things are tracking. Every flight, they change the name of the owner of the aircraft. And three of the companies, drumroll, are defunct Libyan Airlines. These are American aircraft, but the names 
have been three defunct, and they've changed the name three times in the last three days. They've been flying uh, Pueblo uh, back to Grand Junction, and they've been they've flown out to Nebraska and other places, a lot of places west of the Mississippi. I'll put it that way. And but they keep changing the name of the airlines of this exact same plane with the exact same tail feathers, which I'm not going to give out. I got them on my phone. But uh, we're going to keep working on this. Uh, to me, with everything that's going on that we've been talking about, and being a somewhat of a history freak and a Marine, that it appears that these people are moving materials or personnel. They're prepositioning things. No telling what they're moving. The aircraft that they're moving in um, let me put it this way. It's a 12-seater, and I used to skydive out of there. I jumped out of airplanes for 16 years, so I've made a, <clears throat> I've made a lot of jumps out of this specific aircraft. So, you know, it, it, it can hold a lot of people, and, you know, uh, for its size, and it can hold a lot of weight. So I think this might have something to do uh, with with everything that's been happening that this guy's been tracking here recently is I think they're prepositioning gear materials and or personnel. And the fact that they're using a three, not one, not two, but three defunct Libyan airlines that don't even exist anymore. Um, this could be, this could be some of the red dawn forces inside the country. These, these could be, um, Arabs flying these aircraft, which I'm sure they are. Well, let's go back to the reports from the mainstream media. Mainstream media. ISIS, MS-13, embedded in these groups. 80% of these people are 25 and younger. You know, when you're fleeing as a refugee, Paul, it's you put the babies in the back sacks, put them on your back, the wives come with you, the grandmas come with you, the kids come with you. Where the hell are they? Why aren't they with these males? Why are they just pushing the women and children out in front? And I'll tell you what, there'll be there won't be one woman by the time they reach the border that won't be sexually abused. I'll just put it that way. Oh, with that many men, absolutely, yeah. But I, you know, listened to a couple of radio shows today. A lot of the, uh, of course, there's so many pictures of this of these caravans, and everybody's talking about. Boy, these people don't look underfed. Matter of fact, a lot of these people look they could they need to go on a long walk. You know, these people look healthy. They got cell phones. Uh, there's already been uh, yesterday two articles of uh, gentlemen in white shirts handing out cash. I'm sure that's connected to our good friend Mr. Soros. But uh, with 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 these caravans and with these airline reports that I've got today. I've got a bunch of stuff on my phone I've got to go through. I'm going to get you hooked up with this guy, but uh, uh, it's it's sounding like we could see an event. I don't think the event's going to totally be at the border. Oh, absolutely not. No, they'll they'll do a head fake. Don't look over there. Look over here. And what could happen in Nebraska or 
Ohio or a lot of these places that uh, the, 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 these uh, aircraft have been flying to. I mean, these guys have been flying a lot, Dave. This is um, stunning. Let me share with you here for the purpose of this broadcast what I observed. I was in San Diego on nothing but R&R vacation with a family to visit other family. We left on October the 5th. And unfortunately, we got caught on the wrong side of the road. We're on Interstate 8, the part that butts right up against the border. And we come out, and my son lets out a holler, Ooh, look at this. And there were, oh, probably 60, 70 troops, American. And they had this uh, device on the ground. It was about as wide as my shoulders, probably about three feet high, a little bigger version of R2-D2. And it oscillated on top. It had a little oscillation dish like a satellite dish that goes round and round. So, Paul, I I didn't get a picture because I was on the wrong side of the road. But what I did get was a really good look, and guys were monitoring it and reading data off of it as far as I could tell. And I took the description to military friends of mine who I thought would have a chance of knowing what this is. And what they told me quite clearly was this is radar specifically uh, devised for troops in the ground in battlefield conditions that are worried about low-flying aircraft that could slip under the radar, but this will pick it up. And they didn't want to be sneaked up on by a Blackhawk, a Cessna, something that could compromise their position without warning because they were low-flying. And uh, I understand the Border Patrol doesn't use these. They're too sophisticated. But it is standard operational field gear for the military. So, Paul, this was October the 5th. Now, that was at mile marker 20 east of Yuma. Coming back on the 8th, same location, except now we're at mile marker 61. I didn't see the oscillation radar, but I did see troops amassed in formation. They had the bivouac tents. Uh, They were armed. Uh, and we stopped on the side of the road, and my wife got out to take the pictures, and we drew the wrong kind of attention, buddy. They started moving towards us, and we said, well, we got our pictures. Discretion is the better part of valor. So we got out of Dodge, but Paul, I've observed troops on the border with my own eyes. Two different locations in southern Arizona, And then, of course, I told you about this before. We're coming back from um, a couple days up at the Grand Canyon, and we're on I-17 going south near Cordes Junction, which is about an hour north of Phoenix. About 150 to 200 military vehicles, small variety, communication vehicles. And we stop at Cordes, and it's crowded because all the troops didn't stop, but a lot of them did. So I'm in line behind one guy, and I say to him, uh, so what are you guys with? He goes, oh, we're regular. Claimed he was out of Fort Carson. And I said, so where are you headed, sir? I can't tell you that. He says, okay, uh, so would you like a burrito when you get to the border? And he said, how'd you know that? And I said, I didn't until you just told me. And uh, so he opened up a little bit then. He says, yeah, we're communication support for heavy infantry and mechanized. And uh, I think that's pretty close, Paul, to the equipment I saw on the 5th of October. So anyway, long explanation. 
But let's go one more step. In April of this year, Paul Martin and I both had information that Trump had already militarized the border. He didn't just move the troops down there. He maybe moved more troops down there. But we've had that border militarized for six months. Well, they, 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 they've, they've probably got a lot of embedded people with Antifa. They've probably got people embedded um, all over the place. I mean, they, I put it up on the on the website that the uh, Homeland Security is down with that group. Talking about the MS-13 and ISIS and all this other stuff. So we've 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 had people probably before this thing even started. So, having said that, with all of the movement that you've seen, with the information I've had today, um, of what in the world is a defunct Libyan airline doing, flying all over the place out here, um, they may be pre-positioning pre 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 gear for all these people are going to flood the border, these MS-13 guys, these ISIS guys, and God knows what else. I'm debating with myself. I'm going to tell the story, but I'm going to be purposely vague for real obvious reasons. It was four years ago, Paul, and I was... Um, Still, gosh, it was six years ago, Paul. I was in the last year of coaching college basketball. And um, I had a student in my intro to psych class. One night, she shows up at my basketball office. T totally odd. I got to talk to you. I said, okay. And, and I knew it was personal. I could tell this wasn't academic. And, and so... She tells me that her father is a senior justice official with the Mexican government and that she's here on the witness protection program because there would be a bounty. This guy was one of the good guys in the Mexican government actually doing his job. And there was a bounty on her and her brothers and sisters. So they were sent under fake names and to different locations in North America. U.S. and Canada specifically, and that it was freaking her out. And she said, you know, you talk in your class about how to deal with stress and manage and so forth. What can you do? And, you know, first of all, Paul, I was really jumping into this business big time, and I already had developed some intelligence contacts, and I knew this was bad, 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 bad news. I told her, I said, I need to contemplate this. You go home, and we never had this conversation. I said, we'll discuss it later, but not until a time of my choosing. Well, it turns out she goes home and she contacts uh, her father's top aide because he was unavailable. I mean, they had to, this guy was so high profile, they had to change out his bodyguards every three days for fear they'd be compromised. And um, so I get a phone call a couple days later, and it was the assistant to this Mexican justice official. And he asked me if these things had happened, and I said, yes, they did. And have you said anything? No, I haven't. And uh, he said, you mean you never thought to seek advice from anybody? 
I said, the best thing you can do in this situation is to lay low and say nothing. And she, he said, how do you know that? I said, my dad was naval intelligence. I know his stories. I know his war stories. And he goes, we're well, absolutely right. He says, uh, and we, we processed this. He told me how he wanted me to handle things on this end. They allowed her to finish the term. They sent two guards with her. They were with her constantly um, and didn't walk her to class overtly, but covertly they did. So he said to me, is there anything that we can do for you? They were very appreciative of the way I handled it. And I said, yes. Now, Paul, I'm sorry, long-winded story, and I'll get to the point here because it ties right into what you're saying. I said, I'd like to know these tail fin numbers and why they keep showing up in places like Amsterdam, um, in Big Springs, Texas, in Cabo San Lucas. And I had someone that was doing research for my radio show at the time, and this person was tracking this, and we kept finding the same thing. And I will tell you, too, I will mention the name of a big party who we think was affiliated with some of this was the John Benet Ramsey situation, the father, John Ramsey, uh, part of the uh, Colorado Four. What they call that? The, the something four, Paul? What was the name of that? Man, that's been a long time ago. I don't remember. Dave. Okay, but this is what, I mean, we're talking big-time players in Colorado. And the person who owned the plane was a close ally of Soros. Very close ally. And I asked him, I said, what do you got for me on this? He says, nothing off the top, Dave. He says, let me call you back. So he calls me back in about three more days. He said, watch your, you know what? He said, this is bad, bad, bad news. He said, Dave, this is still fast and furious that we know is going on. He said, your government is still flying guns into Mexico to be delivered to the cartels. And he goes, Dave, it's no longer just the cartels. And this is the first time I ever heard this part. He said, it's the cartels plus it's Hamas, Hezbollah. Now, ISIS wasn't in existence yet, but uh, Al-Qaeda was. They were mentioned in this. And he said, uh, that's fast and furious. But on the return trip, they're bringing kids. That's why the stop in Big Springs, Texas. And I said, holy crap. And he says, Dave, I can never help you. So if you go public with it, you're on your own. Well, I have to go public with it anonymously for obvious reasons. Paul, this ties right into what you're talking about. Wow. Yeah, I'm from Odessa, Texas. I'm not, I'm not, I know all about Big Spring. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, so do I. So do I. Well, all this stuff, like I said, my... My head's just spinning from all the stuff I've got tonight. We're gonna—I'm gonna have to package this stuff up, and we'll talk about it. And I'm gonna get you and hold in touch with this gentleman. But uh, I'm as a Marine. They're—they're prepositioning things, and it could be—it could be anything. It could be explosives, personnel bioweapons, it could be anything. Well, I uh, published the story that I just told you, but I had to do it with the same degree of, you know, third degree anonymity. Um, but my confidence call was 100%. Uh, in fact, on my radio show, the person who was doing the research came on and to validate everything we were saying. She was, I did the research. 
I got the tail fin numbers. I got the pictures. This is where you go to get them. And see, they were also flying kids into Amsterdam, which is the child sex trafficking center of the West. And uh, this is where the John Ramsey people come in because their planes were there too. And all these people are one big, nice, fat, happy family from Colorado. And um, people are going to start speculating, and I'm going to say, well, you're probably going to be right. But, Paul, here's what happened after that time. After that story, then I attracted, this is when the Central American invasion was going on. Do you remember the the last one, the the beast train and all that? You remember that? Oh, yeah. Okay, so because I printed this, I had a guy contact me from the DEA. This guy was the real deal. I met with him in person. Well, that was kind of scary. I had to take some real precautions. You never go meet with someone by yourself. I had security. Uh, He said, you want to meet? Uh, I'm not sure. I said, I don't know who you are. You could be drawing me in. And uh, and he says, all right, do what you got to do. Call me back. So I did what I did. I had two two helpers. Um, So I go in, I meet with him, and we meet for three hours. This guy was stationed in Peru, and he was the number three guy. And he worked for a guy named Steinkamp. Nice Nazi-sounding name. And this is where he discovered the role of the Sanchez Paredes drug cartel that George Soros helps fund through Open Society. They're they're basically the Peruvian military and the Peruvian banking system. They are the conduit between Middle Eastern terrorists and uh, the drug cartels. They're the ones who facilitate and procure arms and trainers for those paramilitary-based training camps in El Salvador and also in Honduras. This is what this guy gave me. He also gave me the fact that the Obama administration was so dirty, there was a court case involving Nuebla Pueras in Chicago where he testified in federal court, and this was allowed in, and the judge said it was valid. They proved it that this guy should not be busted for his drug activity in Chicago because he was part of the protected Sanchez Paredes drug cartel that had made a deal with the drug agencies in this country and the federal government at the border to allow them to bring in 80% of shipments untouched and the government agreed to only bust 20% of the drug shipments. And this came out and then sure enough he pointed me in the right direction. I found the transcripts of the court case. I published a lot of it on the Common Sense Show. This is who's behind what's going on. Uh, now, as far as where they're getting terrorists coming in, there's a group called United, um, and they're out of England, and they're providing the ships courtesy of Soros money. I'm working on solidifying that angle, and I'm going to have more on that in print. But, Paul, what you're talking about here, what I'm talking about here, we're walking on the parallel path, my friend. You're talking about out of this airport that you can't mention because you'll compromise the people's identity. You're talking about arms going out under airplanes, changing their names every single time they fly. And they're going to what? Can you talk about the locations they're flying to? Well, they've they've been flying to Nebraska and North Dakota (laughs) and a lot of flights uh, to Pueblo and over uh, a really weird airport on the western <laughs> slope. I'm still working on that. This guy, this guy, 
that's been texting me tonight said, I think there's a secret base over there. Oh, there is. And, it's called it's called Delta. Um, it's a Delta. I mean, you don't you don't need a long runway for a, you know, for this particular type of Beechcraft. So it's uh, Paul. It's a, it's a it's a Delta. Uh, you know, there's Grand Junction. Uh, there's Delta. Um, yeah. I, I, I was told during the same time frame that the Chinese were amassing on the western slope in Colorado, and they had gone subterranean. Wow. Well, he got he's got a friend of his in special forces that doesn't know anything concrete, but he's just been hearing rumors about some kind of weird facility in that area. He said in the area, he he texted me tonight on my phone. He said the area that this is in, you could you know you could you could drop New York City in it. So uh, it's the Delta Montrose area in Colorado, Western Slope. I'm very familiar with it, Paul. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, they're tied in. Uh, boy, I'm thinking about whether I should reveal this or not. Uh, let me change gears for a minute. I'll come back to that. Do you know when Steve Quayle had the article on his site a few days ago and basically said that the Canadians were putting uh, Chinese surveillance devices underwater near a submarine base compromising our security? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Let me tell you what what this awakened in me. As Steve ran that story, and I had one of those holy crap moments, and I'm reading the story, and I just, wow. In June, and I'm sure that Steve and I have been playing phone tag for a couple of days, uh, but I'm sure this is why Steve originally reached out to me and tried to call me, because I'm pretty sure I told him in June, I said, I got a piece of intelligence, and it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't sound right. And what the intelligence said was that the Canadian government that leases satellite time, like from the European Space Agency, I think they also lease it from the Japanese, if I'm not mistaken, they were subleasing their satellite time, a lot of it, to the Chinese. And I'm thinking, how flipping weird is that? The Chinese have their own satellites. And now, after I read what was on Steve's site, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, the Chinese, if they were pre-positioning to do killer satellite stuff and take it over the horizon radar in preparation for an attack, they'd be a lot more effective if they weren't using their own satellites that we'd be watching like hawks. But if they could use European satellites that we wouldn't maybe have as high surveillance on that the Chinese had access to, courtesy of our traders' friends, used to be friends, the Canadians. Does that make does that make sense to you, Paul? Absolutely. Yeah that that, that would be shadow masking. That's what somebody else said to me too. I called one of my NSA sources about this, and I said, uh, "Am I jumping to conclusions here?" And he says, "Oh, absolutely not." He goes, "Quite frankly, I'm surprised you didn't catch it when you heard about the subleasing." He goes, "It's the way that they hide activities on behalf of the Chinese." So we have the Canadian government here in two instances now, one reported by Steve, one reported by me, and we're seeing the same thing. We're seeing the Canadians helping the Chinese military at the expense of American security. We're going to get we're we're going to be attacked above and below Paul, both north and south. Absolutely. Um let's let's talk about prepositioning. 
now the listening audience, some of them may not be astute in military affairs, and they may rightfully expect that, okay, guys, I'm hearing what you're saying, but can you lay it out in a little more detail so people without a military background can understand what you're talking about? Why would you pre-position assets in the fashion that you're describing? What would be the advantage? Well, number one, nobody sees it. I mean, you can kind of go back to D-Day, World War II, Eisenhower, and all that stuff. I mean, they did all that stuff in secret for the landing uh, of D-Day, and they they pre- they prepositioned millions of tons of gear and personnel and all that stuff, and then they executed. That's just typical uh, military tactic tactics. So what we've been seeing with everything you've been talking about, everything I've been talking about. And no telling how long uh, uh, these guys bumped into this. These flights that are are coming out of Colorado is fairly recent. Um, I believe one of his associates just kind of bumped into it and kind of went, you know, what the heck is this? And uh, so this this could be going on all over the all over the country. You know, you could have these aircraft, you know flying east coast flyover states which has been happening with with these aircraft that we're talking about tonight and um dave they they could be pre-positioning an immense amount of god knows what explosives bioweapons special ops personnel kill teams i mean there's no telling what these people could be pre-positioning it could be all of the above. I don't doubt what oh. you're saying. Yeah, go ahead. And one more thing, and I'm, I'm I got to work on this. And there's a lot of stuff I that he sent me that I can't talk about. But one of the more interesting things is one of his associates is in, uh, let's say, one of the Scandinavian areas. Special ops guy, and he's he, you know, he follows our stuff that we've done, and uh, he sent to me on my phone. He said, you know, these Spetsnaz are out of the Adriatic region, and he got that from his Scandinavian special ops store. He said, and you can tell who they are by their tattoos, and he's talking about the Spetsnaz troops in you know the continental United States. This this guy in the Scandinavian states already knew about it. Hey, Paul, um, I want to share this with you because we're kind of getting to a point I'm going to bring up, and we may go bye-bye, and it won't be our choice. Ten days ago, I tried to interview Scott Bennett, guy that reported to Bush, Army PsyOps guy, high intel, huge security clearance. And we tried to do an interview. It was so disjointed, so interfered with, and we still can't call each other's numbers. We can email but we can't call each other's numbers. Um, they didn't want the story out. The story was about uh, documents that had surfaced that would send Diane Feinstein to prison. And um, so they were. this was right after the uh, Kavanaugh confirmation, like the day after. He called me and said, would you like to talk about it? And I said, you betcha. Well, we still can't communicate today. We're going to go through a third-party proxy. 
because um, we're going to do that in something else. Um, Paul, tell the audience what we went through to try to hook up tonight. Uh, well, I've quit. We, we can't do anything on my cell phone, so we were trying to get hooked up on on the hard line. I, I got a headset and a mic boom for the for the hard line, and uh, I could hear you, but you couldn't hear me. Yeah. And then we had a couple disconnects, and I couldn't get you back, and it just, yep. it, 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 Paul, it never ends. Never ends. Same stuff, different day, Dave. So, exactly. It's uh, exactly right. I think. I think at the end of the day, though, this, this is why I want to say this because now I'm going to really drop a bombshell. We have special forces in Mexico. Now, I know, Paul. To someone like you, that doesn't surprise you, does it? Oh, absolutely not. And I'm going to make a guess here. I believe we have special forces embedded into this caravan. I haven't been told that. But I was told enough to draw that assumption and probably have a good chance of being correct. And um, what I was told was that key leaders are being targeted, and if there is trouble at the border, there will be action taken against these key leaders. I wouldn't doubt. I wouldn't doubt that for a minute. My confidence call on this is a hundred and ten percent. Because the person I talked to is in an agency with alphabet letters, and they told me that uh, they were to stay here domestically and do some things in case all hell breaks out domestically in a certain location I can't mention. But he said some of his contingent was taken and put into this, and this is their duty. And these people are comprised of people who could indeed carry this out. These are Overwatch kind of guys. And they are tracking this. Now, are you ready for the second part of this bombshell? And this is where I'm really kind of, you know, laying it out here because um, I'm laying it out here at a, at a time when it's not really safe to do it. But I have a feeling I'm going to have a lot of backing on this in the next couple of days. In fact, I know I've been told I will. Um, here's the other thing they're doing, Paul. There is not one wave coming here. There's multiple waves. We're just seeing the one that uh, Soros wants us to see. There are people coming in by boat. There are people coming in by low-flying aircraft. What did I say I observed on October the 5th at, at the Mexican border off of I-8? Yep. Radar to detect low-flying airplanes. This is already in action. That's why when I printed my article that you had up on your site, um, I said it's, uh, phase one of Red Dawn has commenced. That's what this is. This is a probing action. And this is also designed to put people in the country. Now, this is where our two stories coalesce. So people lean forward, press the transistor to the ear, because what Paul's telling you is resources are being dispersed. What I'm telling you is they have to have personnel to come in and use the resources. I'm telling you the people that are be coming across the border and already are. So you, you kind of watch the right and you get hit with the left. They're already crossing the border. This is where they're headed. They're headed for what Paul's talking about, 
so they can arm themselves to the teeth and carry out heinous actions. Now, there's a third uh, dimension to this, Paul, and that's Paul Preston. Paul Preston had embedded sources. Let me back up. Who's Paul Preston? Most people know him who listen to us, but he is uh, one of the heads of the New California Movement, the legal means to get conservatives out of California and start a 51st state. Trump is uh, friendly to the idea. Uh, They're going to have it. It's going to happen. They're modeling after what West Virginia did in 1861. It's perfectly legal. But Paul had embedded sources go to some of these meetings, the CalExit meetings, the meetings which were designed to promote California leaving the Union and becoming a protectorate of the United Nations. They opened an embassy in Russia. I covered it. I have pictures of the event. I have pictures of the embassy placard. So there's nothing left to imagination there. They had meetings in which the Chinese consulate was there. The Mexican consulate was there. Organized crime figures were there. Governor Jerry Brown's figures were there. Eric Holder was there and other members of the Obama administration. And they were talking about, well, if we can't leave, what can we do? And it was the cartels. And this is Paul Preston's source, but now I've come across the same thing. Paul Preston's source went on his radio show and said that if they can't have their way with California and to leave the union would devastate our economy, 25% of retail, 30% of agriculture, uh, 40% of winter vegetables, biggest winter vegetable growing area in the world, we would be devastated if we lost California financially. And I understand that what was said at this meeting is that the cartels were saying, well, if they won't let us out, we'll make them let us out. We're going to kill as many white people in major public events as possible. Three things, Paul, coming together at the same time. Wow. I told you we had a lot of dots to connect. Let me say this to the audience. Paul and I did not script this interview. This has been free flow. Paul has called me several times over the last several days and said, Dave, I got the blah, 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 the blah, blah, blah. And I go, oh, man, Paul, this fits with what I was told here. This is fitting what I have learned over in this situation. And then finally we said, you know, we can't wait any longer. Do we put this out and do we put it out now? Answer is we're putting it out now because this is news that people absolutely need to hear because they need, Paul, they need to take proper preparations. I talked earlier about, you know, preparewithdave.com, the food supplier we use. Uh, and we talked about having a great water filter with Water with Dave. reason I talk about that stuff is because I don't take a product on on this show unless it has absolute value to the customers. I'm not trying to sell you bacon beans. I'm not trying to sell you uh, New England Patriots football season tickets. I'm trying to sell you things that could save your life. Uh, and I represent companies well, I mean, that do all, that. All, all, of these, all of these events... God knows what they're going to be. Um, coupled with, we're on the premises of some, probably we're not really going to like economic stuff. I mean, you got to remember a year ago, Dr. Paul Craig Roberts, in an interview at King World News, said that the entire Western banking empire can collapse at any minute. That was a year ago. Think about if somebody 
hacks into the banking system. Think about if the markets, the credit markets break, trucking stops. Truck, trucking lives on credit. If the credit markets break, nothing moves. Food, pharmacies, nothing. So, uh, I mean, as I've said a few minutes ago, my head's spinning with all this stuff. But, I mean, there, there's a lot of things that can happen really, really, really quick. Um, and you're one of your guys that was FEMA bioterror, my East Coast source six years ago, said, you know, bioweapons, a weapon are going to hit on you today out of the express out of the U.K. We're worried about a bioterrorism event. And that shuts everything down. So there's a multiple things here, Dave, that can just shut the whole system down. Well, I think, um, boy, I, I'm hesitant to bring this out because I need more proof of what I'm saying. But let me just say this, and I have, well, I'll say it because I've talked about this before. The Chinese that are getting embedded, like in the solar energy farms that they all own through a company called Sinta, which is a front group for the communist Chinese military, they are located on interstate highways adjacent to major military bases needed to defend the southwestern underbelly of our country against invasion. That's not an accident, Paul. They want to tie up our air cover. <clears throat> well, I mean, they've are, they're, they're, the systems they've got in Syria right now uh, they're shutting all of our electronic stuff down. I know, I've heard they that could too. Be, yeah, they, they could be moving that stuff around the country on these flights too. Absolutely. I mean, there's no telling of all of the things that they could be moving in all of these flights with, you know, changing the name of the airlines every flight. So, uh, but I mean, this this stuff is all new news to me and you and, and, um, and the audience uh, today. And, and I've, like I said, I've got so much stuff on my phone that I've got to go through. This guy was showing me maps and 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 all of the the screenshots from the the traveling of the aircraft and all this other stuff. And uh, but uh, we're going to work on this a little bit more. I'm going to get you in touch with this all guy right. really quick, and uh, we'll do another show on this here pretty quick. Absolutely, Paul. This has uh, been very very good. Uh, I think it's good for people to know, although we don't have all the answers, enough of our dots were coinciding and, and connecting and our sources, stories were matching each other, that we wanted to put this out here. And I know this came across, ladies and gentlemen, as a little disjointed because this was not a pre-planned interview. This was on the fly. Paul, what do you know? This is what I learned. And we're matching intelligence information, and it's matching pretty closely. And what it tells you, for me, is that between now and the election and shortly thereafter, the fate of this country could be decided. It's that simple. And let me just say this before we close. You need to vote, but not just vote. You need to get other people out to vote that might be infirm. You know, they could be elderly because the Democrats are cheating their butts off. They're bringing tens of thousands of illegals into California. They go right to get a driver's license, and they're registered to vote, and they're going to vote illegally all across this country. Paul, we got to run, my friend. Uh, excellent job reporting. Uh, we'll be following your good work at revolutionradio.org. And uh, I imagine we're going to do a follow-up on this pretty quickly. 
Absolutely. Got a, yeah, I got a lot of homework to do, but uh, it'll be pretty quick. Okay, Paul. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dave. Bye.